So this morning, we want to welcome Bridget Ingway as a qualified writer. Um, Dick is going to ask Bridget a few questions. I know she's excited to be on this call because it means that she is experiencing success. And I have to tell you, uh, we've told her this, um, we had uh, five more agents just like her. Uh, there would be a lot of increase in our numbers because Bridget is one of the most persistent uh, people we have ever hired. And uh, I'm going to turn this over to Dick so you can get started. Thank you, Connie. Good morning, Bridget. Good, good morning, Dick. Well, the reason we, we asked Bridget to be on, Bridget started off, she was actually a client, and we've never met. It was a virtual uh, presentation. We had a uh, mutual friend that connected us, and um, the relationship started growing actually on the first call. Um, and during that conversation, I'm not sure if she reached out to me about becoming an agent or it was something I said, but do you remember how that conversation went, Bridget? I sure did. Yes, um, I did, what, did. What Go ahead. was it about that conversation that made you think you wanted to get a life insurance license? Sure. So before I met you, Dick, I had a presentation from a mutual friend as well about life insurance, specifically the Index Universal Life. And I had, was wanting to get a policy for myself and my family. Um, I, was, I was sold when they gave me that presentation, but not quite my husband. And so I knew that to get my way, I needed to sell it to my husband too. So um, credibility was an issue. So I reached out to another mutual friend that my husband trusted, and that's how I got connected to you. And so, Dick, uh, when we had that conversation, it looks like you connected with my husband right away, and I could see that my husband could trust you. And I felt like, oh, this is my opportunity to jump. Um, and so that's why I clearly said there, hey, Dick, I want to get a policy on myself, but sh just so you know, I also want to sell insurance. <laughs> and so that's how it went, yep. Well, this is a little off script, but I know you can handle it because you've watched me do it. I never understood that part about me connecting with Moise, having that big of uh, a role in this. But tell me a little bit now, transition from you've watched me connect with your clients over the phone. How important do you think connecting is and what role has it played in your success? Absolutely, Dick. Uh, talking about connecting, you know, Dick, you and Connie are recommending uh, everyone communicates if you connect. I think everybody should definitely get that book. I read it. I taught it to my, fam my pharmacy friends. So I know the importance of connecting, but I just didn't know how to do it with complete strangers over the phone. And I felt like I felt I was, I lacked confidence. I didn't think I could do it. I was doubting myself. But when I saw you do it, to complete strangers, I was like, hmm, I don't need to know these people. You know, everybody, we are all alike in certain ways. We just need to find those areas that we are common because connectors com connect on common ground. And that's what you did. And, and so that's what I followed. I just copied. Well, you've seen me do it quite a bit in the last few weeks with your sales and so on. And I think, let me ask you this, Bridget. Agents that are not using their manager to watch 
and or listen to uh, the Manager Connect. What do you think that might be doing? Because if you don't realize you're not connecting, you don't understand the power of it, but you've witnessed it firsthand, what would you tell a new agent to do? Oh, definitely connect with your upline, get them involved because you don't know what you're doing wrong. Personally, I struggled with lack of self-confidence, with not knowing what I'm doing wrong because I know I'm a good communicator, but I just didn't know what to do. But connect and helping a little bit, having, you know, it looks like we're losing you, Bridget. Remember, you know, one client that, you know, used tobacco products, and I directly told them, you know, your rates are a little high, you know, because, you know, this is the smoking rate. That was not good. That was accusatory. And so Dick said, no, that, it doesn't come across well. This is what I would have done. He's like, is there any chance that you plan on quitting? You know, I, that was a game changer for me. So I know I would never make that mistake again and be confrontational. So con- if there's a new agent and you're not using your upline, you're missing out because they are very accessible. So, you know, you took me from my struggles now to me being able to do what I do. Yes. I want to comment on that because you cut out a little bit and the people didn't hear one of the most important parts of it. Bridget had a person that smoked, and she just told him, because you smoke, it's going to be more expensive. Now, that's me distilling it down a little bit uh, and taking a little literary license there. But that type of confrontation uh, did not bode well with the client. So after the call we were able to have that same conversation, and that's when I made the comment that I say, is there any chance you might quit smoking? Because that alerts them to the fact that the price is going to be higher, but it's their fault the prices are higher because they smoke. But then we give them a solution. And the solution is, and she got to listen to all this, just like you are this morning, but she got to listen to all this in terms of if you quit smoking, I only pick companies that if you quit smoking, they will give you the non-tobacco rate in 12 months instead of 36 months. And the solution is, I don't say the solution, but your rates will drop almost in half. So we've presented what the problem is, and we've given them a solution, and now it's just up to them. But they can fix the problem. And that, Bridget, I don't know how long you would have struggled by being confrontational with clients, not even realizing you were without having me on the phone. Definitely, definitely, for much longer than I needed to be. We don't, like you always say, uh, we don't have six months to try this out. Uh, I Personally, I don't have six months. You know, I get easily frustrated because I'm so goal-oriented. I, ha- I set my goals, I accomplish, and I move on. So definitely longer, I would say. Okay. Well, now let me ask you this, because as a new agent, you wrote two policies on uh, your children right away, two warm market policies, or on friends, I think it was, somebody you knew. What do you think that, what effect that had on you earning Ignite? I think it had quite a bit of an effect, but not all the way, uh, because, first of all, I was so new I didn't understand the process, as they say, the system. Uh, It was just me being myself. So, you know, I like, 
before I came to Equus, I used to teach leadership classes, so I know how to connect with people. And so, um, so when this person had come to, into our home to help us sign the papers for refinancing our mortgage, I just engaged with that, with that person. While we're signing the papers, I was excited of becoming a new agent, and I was telling him about my next adventure. They said, become a billboard. So, yep, I was just doing that. So I said, hey, you know what? Um, is there by any chance, you know, you're thinking about insurance? Do you have insurance? Is your family protected? You know, I just had stroke a conversation. And he said, hmm, yeah, I am. But you know what? I got some, something in the mail. I had filled it out for my grandkids, and I'm ready to send it. I'm like, uh, okay, I'm like, does it grow? Does your will the kids' policy grow over time? Uh, I just started asking those questions I had learned during my taking my class to pass my test. I said, mm, I don't know. So I created doubt. I saw the seed of doubt. I'm like, why don't you take a moment and look at your policy and we can talk? And so even though this was a warm market per se because the person came into my home, it was a complete stranger. And I finally closed that policy. But like I said, I had not learned the, the process, the whole process. And like Bill Martin OG says, don't focus on the sale, focus on how you got that sale. So I was just focused on that sale saying, hey, you know what? I got a sale. I'll probably just get another one just like that. But I failed to realize that it was just the perfect situation for that. I did not realize, hey, I had time to speak with this person. It was like an appointment, basically, you know. I had the time to speak to this person. This person was in my space. They could not leave. They could not turn me out. Uh, you know, I had also helped this person during that process to build credibility, which is nothing I realized at that moment. But looking back, you know, while we were filling out that, signing those papers, I was noticing some omissions and helping him fill those gaps. And so he had trusted me because he realized I have his interest at heart. If I didn't catch those omissions, he would not be able, he would have to come back. And so, one, I had built credibility that I did not realize or notice. And number two, it was like an appointment. I just had time to give him understanding and teach him on life insurance. And so, but since I was just focused on that sale, I was not able to reproduce that sale. That's one instant. And so I did not understand the process. So when I tried to do that again in a non-perfect situation, it did not work. And I would say, secondly, it did not affect me because I had also moved. I had just gotten a new job. I had moved to an, I was moving to another state, another town with complete strangers. I wasn't stable again. And so that also played a role because now I was out of my warm market. I didn't know any person in this new environment. And so I struggled. So I wouldn't say it completely affected, but partly because I didn't learn the process. Yes. Well, you know, that those sales, one of the things is it, it, it allowed you, forced you, permitted you, however you want to use that, to get out of your warm, out of your comfort zone. And, right. Uh, and then secondly, you got paid a commission, so now you learn two things, kind of how the system works in terms of writing an app and getting it submitted, and you got compensated for it. Mm -hmm. I did, yes. And, and I wanted to do um, more because of that. Yes. Well, uh, now, uh, you have written 11 applications for $7,177 in APV uh, on the virtual team. 
how do you see the Equus virtual team changing your family situation and the, the dynamics of how this business is working for you? Um, talking about Equus, I think in my pharmacy world, you know, um, we always have the motto of helping people on their path to better health while making, while making a living. I believe in Equus, I don't just get to make a living. I make a difference. I live a life of significance by providing a protection, you know, a safety nest for families at their most difficult times. So I think Equus is going to give me that opportunity, and I believe it strongly. And then the virtual world has definitely been a game changer for me. Doing this business can really be lonely. Uh, and as most people, if you're new, you're going to learn it pretty quickly. I can assure you that. And those who've been in it, I know they would agree that this is your business. It is your, you have to manage it. And so it's all on you. So uh, when I realized, oh, this is different from the classroom, this is different from my work where I have a supervisor over me, I have, you know, that structured, I have to create my own structure. I have to, to manage myself. That is tough. It's especially tough when you're having a bad week or a bad month like I had it after I did my, few, my two sales. And it was really lonely. And so the, vir the virtual team has really made a difference. It, will, it, it has helped me maintain a positive mindset, which I need. It's provided that support for me just to be able to connect with others. You know, they're talking about, you know, they, you know, it's always said that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. The virtual team, they are, it's a winning team. And so just having the opportunity to spend that time with them, having that support, that camaraderie is, has been a game changer for me, I would say. It's kept my positive mindset. It's, you know, I'm, I'm rubbing shoulders with these people virtually that are successful, and there's no way I'm just, I, I'm bound to succeed. That's how I see it. Well, and not only um, are you gaining from the virtual team, uh, Bridget, but they're gaining from you. Um, I, I, I won't tell the funny story now, but uh, the other day Robert made a comment. Bridget had a funny uh, comeback, and it created some levity at a time when everybody was being kind of serious. And that's part of being a team. And boy, Bridget is really a team player, uh, taking time out this morning to be with us. So I would just say thank you so much for being on this morning, and thanks for being prepared, Bridget. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a blessing. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my, my story and, and my experience. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Um, okay, Dick has a story that he uh, got this week from an agent that we have known, I'm going to say, maybe five years or more. Uh, uh, oh, gosh, Dick saying 10. Yeah. Oh, man, time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Okay, go for it. Thank you, Connie. Uh, some of you heard that an agent from uh, another company we were with was really struggling on the phone, and he called his manager, and he says, do you think I could have a powwow with Dick? And uh, I'll tell you the results of that powwow here in a minute. But what I wanted to point out this morning is, you know, I call them unconscious competence. Uh, related to the uh, athletic world because we know a lot of big names of players, of athletes that they were great, great, great players, but they weren't very good coaches. 
and I refer to these people as unconscious competence. Some of these players are so good at what they do, it's like breathing. They just do it. They don't know what they do. They just do it. They just get the job done, and they're, they're good at what they do. Well, many sales managers are promoted to that position because they were really, really good salespeople, but they can't tell you what they did or why or how they did it. They just, it's like breathing to them. They just, they just make the sales. You ask a, a lot of good salespeople, how'd you do that? And they look at you like a deer in the headlights. Well, um, when they try to train people, it's the worst thing you could ever do is hire one of those people to become a trainer because they don't know what they do. They do something different every time. They just get the job done. And it's unfortunate when those people become sales managers in any industry, not ours, but just in any industry, because their answer to help you is not to, to listen and fine-tune what you're doing, but it's to get a bigger stick. And that never works for anybody. So I'm going to read you a script this morning. Now, let me tell you what happened here. Uh, I received the phone call from the manager to have a powwow with this agent. And we did. And I had him read a script to me. This guy had probably not set more than 10 appointments in the previous 60 to 90 days. I mean, he was just really struggling. And uh, the good news is I got a text about 10.30 on Saturday morning. He had set five. And then a few minutes later, I got another text. He had set another one, six, then seven. And by the end of the afternoon, by 2.30, he had set nine appointments for the day. He hadn't set nine appointments in weeks and weeks prior to that altogether, let alone that time. So let me read this script to you. And as I'm, as I'm reading this, I want you to put yourself in the frame of mind. I am a client, and I just received this phone call. What would your reaction and response be? And this is, this is the script. Hi, John. Uh, this is Dick Sylvester. I'm a license, licensed by the state of Virginia, and I'm following up with you regarding the mortgage on your home on 123 Main Street there in Richmond. Several letters were mailed to your home regarding mortgage protection, and what mortgage protection does is if there's an illness, a disability, or if you were to die, your family would not lose their home. Now, either you or your wife responded back requesting information on these programs, and I'm the case. I'm the caseworker that's been assigned to research your options. I was about halfway through, and I realized I had about 10 seconds of questions so I can get this out to you. So it looks like you wrote down your birth date is January 8, 1969. Is that correct? And it looks like you also wrote down your spouse's birth date as January 7, 1969. Uh, is, that, is that correct? And what is her first name? Now, I'm not going to go any farther with it because it goes on. It gets worse. That's painful enough. And because this is recorded, I want to emphasize that that was the wrong script. That was not any script you would use. That was the script that Dick is using as a bad example. Can't say that enough. So, And I'm going to use a good script here in just a minute. But I would love... Um, if we, if any of you want to uh, hop off of mute and comment on that. Now, if you're brand new, that probably sounds like a great script. 
because, man, I'm telling them what mortgage protection is. It protects them when they're ill. It protects their family if they die. But you've got to remember on this, what's the purpose of the appointment? You've got 10 seconds to capture their attention. You've got three and a half minutes to get the appointment. Guys, to go through this and the health questions that you have to go through, this is a six or seven minute presentation. And it resulted in almost no appointments. Now, those of you that have been on the phone and, and done this, you realize, you know, it can't be that long because by the time you take your first breath, they're telling you, we've already taken care of that, we're not interested, we've already bought something, which is exactly what he was hearing. Now, um, I want to go over the phone script that I use, and this is the phone script that I gave him that went from producing 10 leads a quarter to nine leads in a day, all right? And we'll go ring, ring, ring. Hello, John. Yes, this is Dick Sylvester. I'm calling about uh, I'm calling about your mortgage with SunTrust Bank. Our records indicate the mortgage protection hasn't been taken care of yet. I need a little more information to give you a quote. Do you have just a moment? They're going to say yes. The letter indicates your mortgage is two hundred and twenty-nine thousand dollars. There were two birth dates li or two birth ages listed. Yours, John, is 49, but you didn't give me your birth date, 12-18-69. And do you use any tobacco products or vape? Yes or no. Uh, and your height and weight. And then I do the same thing for Mary. Mary's and get her birth date and everything. Um, any health issues we should know about? You know, cancer, stroke, heart attack, diabetes, anything like that? No. Are either of you on any prescription medications? Well, I'm on blood pressure and cholesterol, and my wife is on uh, blood pressure. And in the last 10 years, have either of you had any major minor surgeries, you know, cancer, stroke, heart attack, anything of that nature at all? No. And what is your occupation? Well, I'm an accountant. My wife is an attorney. What I'm going to do, I'm going to put 12 or 15 different proposals together for you. I'll select the best three or four out of those. When would be a convenient time to sit down with the two of you to see what you qualify for? Do you prefer morning, afternoon, or evening? Evening, I have a six and an eight open on Tuesday and a four and an eight open on Wednesday. Four on Wednesday. Um, I get directions now, um, coming from so-and-so, how do I get to your house? That's not as critical anymore because of the GPS, but it kind of reminds them of their appointment. Then I use a tie-down to help remind them of the appointment that really locks, locks it in. Now, John, every week I have eight or ten people who want to see me that I don't have openings for, so I'm going to send you a little yellow card as a reminder to put on the refrigerator. And if for some reason that time doesn't work, let me know, and I'll put one of them in your place. And what time did we say the appointment was? It was 4 o'clock on Wednesday. Now let's go back and unpack the difference in the two. The first presentation was telling them all the things about it. If I got a phone call from somebody and they said, I'm a license, licensed by the state of Virginia, 
I mean, you've caught me totally off guard. I don't have a clue to what you're talking about. Versus here, I'm calling about your mortgage with SunTrust Bank, our records. You notice I pause in the middle of the next sentence. Now, if your mortgage is with SunTrust Bank, what have I got? Your undivided attention. Because what's your first thought? What's wrong? Didn't you get the payment? What's going on? So you are listening. I've got your attention. Now, our records indicate, see, they've been telling people, because they've had a lot of people calling them, most of these people send back at least one or sometimes two or three requests for information, not realizing it's two or three different companies. So they'll send back several of these things. So when we call, there's a chance one of those other people have already reached out to them, especially when you're calling bonus leads. So when I call, I'm calling about your mortgage with SunTrust Bank, our records, indicate the mortgage hasn't been taken care of yet. I need a little more information to give you a quote. Do you have just a moment? See, if you ask, do they have a minute or two or a couple minutes? No, because they know you're some kind of salesperson or telemarketer, and a minute or two is 20 minutes. They don't want to be rude. They really don't. And when do you have just a moment? For them to say, no, they don't have just a moment, guys, that's being rude, and they really don't want to be that. So, yeah, just a moment. So try to treat people the way you would like to be treated. And, and, I, and I literally, I don't take a lot of time on the phone script. Now, why do I use the concept, I'm going to do 12 or 15 different proposals? Well, when we're doing the proposals, we always give them choices. We cover a portion of the mortgage for critical protection, and we do the whole mortgage, and a lot of times they're going to show them 20 and 30 years or 20, 25 and 30 years and a return of premium. So we are doing a lot of proposals, and we want them to know that we're doing quite a bit of work. Uh, I've driven by the house several times with Connie over in Waynesboro and said, there's the house that changed my career. And this lady in August of 96, I went through everything. It was a hard day, and when I got finished, she said, well, could you send me something? And I I just flipped. I said, send you something? I said, I'm going to do 15 or 20 proposals. I don't have any idea which one to send you. And she goes, oh, I didn't realize you were doing that much work. I'll see you Tuesday at 6. And from that point forward, every time I got on the phone, I pointed out I was going to do 15 or 20 proposals, and I would pick the best two or three out of the out of the group, and that's what we would go over. And, guys, that changed everything for me. Then the yellow card concept came up a few years later. At first, we didn't have quite the competition than we do now. But I started using the yellow card later on when the competition got so great. And um, for those of you that are on the virtual call, Elvira was having a problem, uh, uh, people keeping the appointments. He was only seeing 40% of the people he set appointments with. And I suggested that he start using the yellow card. And I think a little reluctantly, he thought it couldn't make that much difference. He got the most ugly pink card you've ever seen. It hurts your eyes. It's so ugly to fill them out. By the time you fill out 10 of them, you can't hardly see. We laugh about it. But the thing of it is, he started using those pink cards for his clients and his um, setting ratio jumped from 40% to 63% almost immediately. 
And then he started using them on the ones that he was setting the next day. See, if you're talking to them today and you're seeing them tomorrow, you can't get them a card. So I, I just told him, I said, when you're setting the appointment for that day, the next day or the day after that, um, what you want to do is use the yellow card script the same way. Now, normally what I would do is send out a little yellow card as a reminder to put on the refrigerator because I have eight or ten people want to see me every day, but in this situation, I can't get the card to you in time. Is this enough of a no reminder? And when he started doing that, he went right at almost 70% sit ratio on the call, on the appointments that he was setting. So these are little things. Everything in the script that I just gave you leads toward getting an appointment. Everything in the other script leads toward educating the client about something they're not even sure what you're talking about. So I hope you can kind of see the difference. The first one was put together by a person who just gets it done, and they've written out what they think you should say, not necessarily what you should say. Right. You've heard some of them on the phone after they've given you this script, and they really don't sound like that. They, yeah. they do just write out what they want to say. Um, anything closing for Dick? Not for today? I, I hope today's call kind of gives you an idea. I think Bridget did a marvelous job this morning on giving you an insight into how I think because she literally um, has internalized things she's heard me say and do over the phone in terms of connecting with people. And this script that I just gave you, excuse me, that I use is an internalization of what works that I've actually used, not what I think we should use. And I hope that came across today.